I'm Ian Pringle. This is the Loyalty Podcast from New World Loyalty, where we help you make the most of your loyalty strategies by listening to us talk about what we like to talk about most, which is loyalty and loyalty programs. In this episode, we get to celebrate two big things. So firstly, our 50th podcast, and secondly, a success story from one of our own by discussing the growth of Built with David Canty. David has been a regular contributor to the Loyalty Podcast from the beginning, so it was a great pleasure that I welcome him back to discuss his latest venture, Built. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Ian. It's, uh, it's really great to, to be back, to, to participate in this, uh, obviously being one of the original guys on the, the Loyalty Podcast. It's not like I've missed it, but it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's something that I always tune into. So it's, it's great to kind of uh, come back in and give you an update on what we're doing. Well, no, it's great to have you back, David. Um, so first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm sure not everyone's listened to all the podcasts. So could you give a quick introduction to you and your background? And then let's get into all of the built stuff. So Sure. Uh, so I'm Dave Canty. Um, I, my background has, I've been in loyalty the best part of 20 odd years. I started off with ICT Sheraton in Boston. Ultimately, that turned into uh, Starwood Preferred Guest. Spent 11 years with them on both the loyalty and the partnership side. So I was one of the original members of, of that team. Uh, then I launched, uh, I designed and launched the, the loyalty program for JetBlue in New York. And the significance of the JetBlue um, role was it was the first revenue-based loyalty program in the airline space in the United States. Um, so at the time, it was quite transfor- transformative for, from an industry perspective. I ultimately moved on and joined IHG, and I was with IHG for just over four years running all of their loyalty programs globally. And now I lead loyalty and partnerships for Built Rewards out of New York. And I'm really excited to kind of come on today and, and speak about that with you. No, it's great. And we've, we've must, how long we must have known each other for a good 15 years as well. <laughs> we know each other a long time. Um, uh, there, and we have some war stories in. But, uh, <laughs> not for the podcast. Not for the podcast. <laughs> not for the podcast. But yeah, we, we know each other, I, I think, going back to the Starwood days, possibly. Um, mm. You know, and certainly it's, it's, it's always great to kind of turn up at some of the old loyalty conferences and meet old faces. And um, even though we're all in new roles, I think how we've contributed to the evolution of loyalty over time has been tremendous. It's it's great to see so many different people. And the other thing is new people coming into the loyalty space. Um, that really kind of gives me, it kind of, it's heartwarming because when you're passionate about loyalty your whole career, uh, seeing other people become more interested in it and really adopt the principles and even teach us old dogs new tricks is is cool i think that's i think that's something that you you under you underplay yourself on david i think you've been a teacher to many in the industry and i think there's lots of people that have worked in your teams that have gone on to do other things that you've always been very supportive of and i've always, I've always admired you for that that's very nice um I, I appreciate that it's it's it always gives me a lot of pleasure to to see people who have worked on my teams kind of go on and and take things forward um sometimes in the moment, I don't think they realize that I'm kind of like setting them up for future success because it depends on how they can kind of adapt to kind of taking on the responsibility and and embrace the fact that I'm actually throwing some people into the deep end and asking them to kind of take things forward. Um, but I've always reflected on that and subsequently had conversations with team members 
about when they kind of look back at their own careers and think about how it all began, challenging yourself to kind of step out of your comfort zone and take on new learnings um, has has been richly rewarding for them. And I love seeing that. It's It gives me huge amounts of pleasure to, to see people go on and create their own programs and, you know, lead other ma- uh, major organizations. No, it's really good. So, and um, so just getting into it then, David, can you talk about, um, lots of people will have heard of Built, but some of them won't. So can you talk about the overall concept of Built and uh, and what it's there to do? Yeah, so it's it, we started off with looking at what are the biggest challenges for the younger generation um, and are there ways for us to introduce something that would alleviate those challenges um, and one of the biggest is rent rent is your largest outgoing expense on a monthly basis there's over five billion dollars spent uh, every year in the united states on rent alone today that or at least yesterday that wasn't being recognized for anything. So literally you were paying your landlord and moving on and you got nothing for it. It was like burning your money. Um, so we kind of thought, is there a way in which we can actually reward on-time rent behavior? So to, to start with, we kind of we kind of conceptualized the idea, looked at all of the the areas that might be a challenge for that. And if we look at the real estate market as a whole, most of the multi-family uh, units in the United States are operated by, you know, major real estate owners. So we went out and we created what we call the Built Alliance. Uh, the Built Alliance is made up of all of the major real estate owners in the country, whether it be the related group, whether it be GID and Windsor, whether it be Avalon Bay. You know, there, there's so many of them that um, we went out and pitched them on the idea of creating a loyalty program for them. And basically what the concept was around was these landlords pay phenomenal amounts of money on a monthly basis looking for new renters to come into their units. They also spend a lot of money in trying to retain good tenants. So what we wanted to do was come up with a concept that allowed them to actually reward their existing tenants and attract new on the customer side the tenant side or the renter side we wanted to put together a proposition then that basically said look if you stay at one of these properties we can reward you with points and then you can use those points towards your rent or you can save them for a down payment on a home so that was the initial kind of thought um and as we kind of started working through it and building it out, we started to realize that, okay, we need to establish this currency over time. So while we were going to reward people for paying their rent on time, we want to make sure that they see value in the currency that they're now beginning to earn, which is built points. In order to do that, we realize that there needs to be a mechanism for them to be able to accelerate their earnings. So if you think about a landlord trying to encourage somebody to renew their rent, let's say, or their lease, and giving them a currency that they can basically say, hey, I'm going to 
issue you 25, 50, 100,000 bill points if you sign here. Well, the renter then is going to basically say, well, what are these bill points all about? So what we wanted to try and do was build out an ecosystem that created some level of value for those points. And while rent is at the core, we also realized for the younger generation that they're now beginning to uh, look at travel as one of the one of the things that they really want to kind of lean into. So we reached out to a lot of uh, travel partners, mainly the airlines and hotel programs, and said, look, we've got a young audience um, that are interested in traveling and they haven't really attached themselves to any given travel brand at this point. So we would like to see if there's an opportunity to work with you to introduce that younger generation to your travel brand. And in and the way we would do that would be to allow them to use their built points to transfer into that travel company um, and then introduce them uh, to the best ways in how they can use those points. And the other element that we also introduced was the educational element. So it's all very well kind of giving people currency and telling them that, hey, we've got this big ecosystem of partners that now you can use. We also want to kind of educate them about how to get the best value from their points. So while we established the currency, we then wanted to kind of introduce the concept of editorial that is educational in nature. It's kind of, if you think about as it- As in from the value, a, as, in, as in how much value they're going to get for either money or for flights. More, more along the lines of a life hack, if you like. So, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I can transfer uh, my, my points to- airline A and um, it's going to cost me 20,000 bill points to get from New York to London Heathrow. Yeah. Okay. Just as an example, um, or I can transfer them to airline B and uh, as it happens, it's going to cost me 15,000 points. So allowing them to realize that by shopping around, there's an opportunity for you to actually get more value. Um, so we kind of built out that ecosystem and we, crea- we created content then to educate members on, on how to get the best value. Um, we then also kind of wanted to look at what's the bigger mission here. And the bigger mission essentially is allowing people to ultimately have a pathway to home ownership. Yeah. Now that that might seem kind of almost ridiculous, but it's not. Um, and the, the reason it's not is because young people today, you're, you're, you're kind of starting from a position of zero, if you think about it from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. You're starting off from a position of very low um, credit scores slash you're just built, you're starting out on the journey of building your credit score. Mortgages seem kind of unattainable and, um, you're kind of starting off on your rental journey to to head in that direction. So what we wanted to do was basically say, okay, over the time, when you join Built Rewards, we're actually going to report all of your rental payments to the credit agencies, and therefore we're going to allow you to build your credit score over time. Yeah. 
as you continue to build your currency as well now whether you want to kind of use it for travel or whether you want to use it for something else or if you want to kind of keep it and say i want to actually use that towards a, a down payment on a home we allow that to happen as well so it's it's been a really kind of cool journey so far and, and you also of, give them collection opportunities beyond rent as well so there's a credit card are there any other yeah, collection so you, places? Exactly. You, 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 can, you can accelerate your earnings by having the Built Rewards credit card. Uh, that's a, a MasterCard World Elite card, and it's got zero annual fee. So the key here is that it's, it doesn't cost you anything like some of the, the premium travel cards. It's zero. It has no annual fee uh, or no fees at all to, to pay your rent, uh, and it doesn't cost the landlord anything because... It, we embed it inside the, the Built Rewards app. So when you go into the Built Rewards app and you basically say, I want to pay my rent, we will actually make sure that your, your landlord gets paid either by ACH, check, or however they want to be paid, and we'll just kind of push it against the card. Oh, great. So it's not, just, it's not just a credit card payment, which the rental organ, organizations may want, not want to accept because of interchange. You can actually pay through any lots of different mechanics. Is that right? Yeah, so we've we've actually created a payment portal that Perfect. allows you to just basically go in and select your your rental payment, and you can set up auto pay and so forth. So it's very cool. It's a it's a very seamless kind of experience, and you can you can track your payments, you can set up auto pay, you can do whatever you like, and then you can also watch your your points balance accumulate, and you can also go into the app and either learn more, like I said about how to get the best value, or you can actually go straight in. And we've actually integrated um, with a search engine now on award availability. So you can actually go in and type in your origin and destination. And in the, the built travel portal now, it will actually serve up all the flights available through our through our uh, through availability to buy or purchase or availability to, to burn. Availability to burn, yeah. Brilliant. So, Great. you know, you can actually go into the built app and you can basically say, I want to go from, you know, Atlanta to New York. And it will actually go and search all, this, all the award seat availability across all of our partners on that specific route on the date you want to travel. So if you know that, if I know that I've got a balance of 50,000 built points and I see that American Airlines is um, has an award seat open at let's say 12,500 I can immediately transfer in one moment directly to American Airlines and then subsequently book the flight on americanairlines.com or on aa.com no perfect so could you give us some indication I mean obviously now we're talking in April 2023 so can you give us some indication of the of successes you've had to date yeah sure um, so we we kind of opened to the public um, what I mean by that is when we first kind of launched, we launched in June of 21. Um, and that was kind of a, a closed loop kind of invitation only launch. Uh, so we had a very small membership, but it was by invite only. And that was to allow us to kind of come to market, kind of look at the, the process, continuously improve it and so forth and get ourselves ready for a big public launch. And that big public launch 
really happened in kind of June or sorry, uh, uh, March of 22. So we're literally kind of coming up on a year now of yeah. uh, the, the major public launch. In that year, we're uh, just shy of 800,000 members in the program. Um, we are processing on an annualized basis about five and a half to six billion dollars in rent already wow. and we're seeing continuous engagement with our our members because we introduced the concept of rent day now rent day is for some it's just the day i pay the rent and it's kind of like not your favorite day of the year um, but what we wanted to do was actually make it a little bit more engaging and give you a reason to kind of be a little bit more upbeat about it. So um, a little bit like the Amazon Prime Day, if you like, everything yeah, or, or the, doubles. Or the, or, the, or the Movie Tuesdays kind of thing, you know. the Correct. Yeah, yeah. So what we did was we basically said every rent day, we're going to give you more reasons to to engage with Built and the the Built Mastercard, and you know we we introduced spend categories that you can continuously um, double your points on, um, and we also work a lot with our partners specifically on that day. A good example is we we literally just did um, the April rent day on April first, and the lead up to that, we announced a status challenge with uh, World of Hyatt and I looked this morning and 63 and a half thousand people participated in that now that's that's a really cool kind of engagement with between a program and a partner brand and yeah. that allows us to kind of really kind of work with our partners to say look rent day is coming Here's an opportunity for us to be an extension of your marketing channel. So we want to basically say we can amplify any kind of offers slash messaging that you want to our membership base. But the offers got to be something that they can't ordinarily get. Yeah, and it gives so, you 12 great opportunities to communicate every year, which we've probably forgotten since. I mean, you, you and I are old enough to remember inserts within your bank statements, and that was a great channel until we stopped sending inserts. But it was a, it was a cracking <laughs> channel. Do you know what I mean? It was Absol Absolutely. Giving people a reason to kind of engage with you. People pay their rent every month. It's something that you can't stop paying. Yeah. And to, to make sure that we kind of integrate offers and, and engagement um, tools as well because we we've introduced the concept of games um, our quizzes you know on on rent day and our members are starting to really enjoy those they come in and they do point quest which is uh, you know one of our editorial guys um, literally put together um, content that allows people to actually have a little bit of fun we had an event this weekend with some of our members where one of them actually spoke about the fact that he gets together with all of his buddies on a Zoom meeting and they actually play Point Quest together. Yeah, yeah, That's a very nice. cool kind of concept. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and we forget so, about that. We forget that we're really in the entertainment industry as well as the loyalty industry, you know? Because you've got well, you've been much more entertaining than I have been in um, <laughs> over the years. I mean, let, let's I've face it. A face for radio, though. You see, Dave. That's why. That's why we do podcasts. <laughs> so, uh, so I think if I could summarise, you've got a problem that, that's a known problem that you've solved. 
You've then got a strong earn proposition, strong burn up proposition. You've then got a strong hook that gets on the rent day piece. And you've also got utility about this thing about saving, about using those payments into you into your rent as a score towards your credit score. So it's a fantastic proposition. But I think, you know, there's lots of loyalty propositions out there that are strong propositions. But what makes this different is your valuation, you know, because you have you have made it out of we've we've been around long enough to hear lots of great ideas and loyalty. And this is a great idea. But at the same time is, what do you think has given this the traction? Can you talk us through the growth story, not necessarily from your proposition, but the growth story as an entity and as an enterprise to get from where you started to where you are? What do you think you did that made it different from other startups you've seen? So it, it, it kind of comes back to making sure that you establish the currency mm. and making sure that people understand that there is value in earning this currency. Then you need to really find partners that will work with you that can enhance the currency because bringing that value to the proposition is going to be key. So Dave, the biggest challenge on collection was probably getting the rental organizations to agree to give rent, which has not been seen in any other market. Was there a special way in which you managed to do that in this case to to absolutely secure that key collection category? In the alliance? um, I think the... Look, it, start, it, it, it still comes back to having a, a good proposition, a good program and a good basis to start from. Because basically when you're going out and you're selling this into your real estate partners and saying, hey, we think that you should become part of the Built Alliance and adopt this as your rental program, getting them kind of sold on the vision for that is going to be very, very important. But then also, if, if they realize that this is actually a big idea and then giving them the opportunity to buy into it themselves. So basically saying, hey, we will also allow you to invest in the organization and share in the upside if this works. Um, that becomes an attractive proposition to them. So, yes, we worked with a lot of our real estate partners to have them not only adopt the program, but kind of invest in the program as well. Um, so that they now, um, you know, have a voice in basically saying, I'm really interested in understanding how we can continuously improve this program. That is that is absolutely key um, because they're now, not only are they a user and a partner, they're an investor. They're, they feel like they're, they're, you know, they've got equity in the, the, the growth of the of the of the program. Yeah, they're um, they're, they're invested commercially, but actually they're invested emotionally too, and therefore they're they're leaning into your success rather than seeing you as a threat or anything like that. It's, a, it's I think it's a huge hugely important piece. Yeah, we're we're certainly not. We're, we would never be a threat to them. We're mm. you know we're we're a partner that allows them to realize that we can work hard on their behalf in generating loyalty for them. And the fact that they have bought into that kind of vision and then they kind of look at the business model and think, you know what, this is something I would like to kind of invest in. We allowed them that opportunity. So they've come on that journey with us um, in, in most cases. But it's also important to ensure that you're continuously engaging with your members every single day. Um, and not just your members, your, your partners, and basically allowing them to understand that 
not only is this a new audience that you haven't really spoken to before, there's a way to engage with them. We've been around longer than social media ourselves, um, but this is a generation that has grown up with it. And you've got to make sure that your content is relevant and it connects um, and it's fun and allowing people to realize that there's there's a new way of learning and there's a new way of engaging. That's 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 really important. Do you have agencies specifically that work with you to engage on that to come up with creative? No, uh, we don't have agencies. Uh, we, we do all of our creative in, in-house and we've got a very talented marketing and creative team that, that work around the clock to kind of come up with concepts and ideas. We do a lot, though, with the influencer network. Yeah. So we engage a lot with influencers and kind of bring them into the experience. And what we found in that, in, in that um, regard is influencers don't see us just as kind of like a, a partner slash a, a, a client, they actually engage with our product themselves. They love it. And they're, you know, they become advocates. And one of the big, one of the biggest metrics we have for our program is the advocacy that we have. You know, we, we have a referral program that is generating over 60,000, uh, well, maybe, 60 is probably a, a, a too, too large number, but maybe 40,000 members a, a month are kind of coming in and looking at the program and saying, I want to be part of that. Um, and a lot of it's coming back to, to the, um, the advocacy elements. And, um, and in your growth, if you take your growth from the beginning to end, was, was the challenge at the beginning or at the middle or at the end? Where, where are you finding? Because I think, I think lots of startups think the challenge is the beginning, getting traction. But, I, but from talking to you before, I think... You've had challenges all the way along the journey, haven't you? But you've been prepared for those. We're not past the challenges even today. One of the things I would say is we've got an extraordinary CEO who basically is engaged at every every single detail of the company. He really kind of understands whether it be loyalty, banking, you know, uh, real estate, Educating yourself in all of those facets of the organization is truly amazing. And Anker Jaynes, the CEO, Anker is passionate about every single detail. Mm. And he not only he doesn't look at it just through a CEO lens, he also looks at it through the customer lens. You know, he's a product guy as well. He kind of goes through and tries to understand how's the customer going to feel with if I have to click here versus kind of having a complete pass through, uh, stuff like that. The challenges initially were about convincing people that this was something that was going to work. You got to go out and you've got to literally convince the real estate partnership uh, that we're going to build a program for you that is absolutely going to work and we're going to engage this audience. You've got to go out to a bunch of partners then basically sell them on the idea that we're going to create a program and we want you to partner with us. Now, that's asking a lot because you're literally asking these partners to take a leap of faith with you. Now, hopefully a lot of that is down to reputation in previous lives as well. And but it's also about being able to paint a very exciting picture and a clear picture on how you see the growth of the company. Um, so we we did that, and we kind of 
hit you know we were pounding the the pavements every day and meeting with people every day to try and sell the idea and get people interested and you know when you get that first kind of on board to basically say yes you know what i'm i'm prepared to come on board with you and see how this goes then you really need to start kind of ramping it up and letting people know that we're actually serious and by the way we're not really a startup anymore we are a full fledged company now and and by the way we're we're also a profitable company which yeah, is yeah, yeah. extraordinary for a startup you know one year in to be profitable so we you know we went to mastercard and we had to sell them on the idea that this is a great idea that that we think they should uh, invest and believe in and support us you know we have a banking partner with wells fargo who we had to go and say here's an idea that we have that we think it would be great to partner with you on a credit card we had to convince all of our travel partners we had to convince all of our real estate partners so and and by the way it's not just about kind of signing on the dotted line and then kind of saying okay we're we're done that's where the hard work now begins yeah. is now kind of getting your members engaged and continuously finding ways for your partners to kind of get more integrated into the to, to the platform but, but of those things you listed david they're all really important but when when everyone focuses on an mvp how m was your mvp so how minimum was the minimum viable proposition was it when you first launched did you have all the whistles and bells from day one and you've just grown those or did you have did you focus on a few really important aspects um so we had a concept a proof of concept and we had a business model that we basically said this is what these are the assumptions that we have yeah. and these are the results we are expecting in all of those there was a significant amount of modeling that kind of went into those you know and then you've got you know your best case you got your conservative case and you've got kind of like your ultra conservative case because you want to make sure that look in the instances of starting a program like we we built our program based on the fact that let's say let's say everybody wants to come in and earn points on this program but 100% of them also want to redeem 100% of their points what does that do yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. so we we literally built models to that level um and we were able to demonstrate to uh partners that this actually is something that is worthwhile kind of taking a look at and and coming on the journey with us and thankfully uh they they have come on the journey and i i hope they feel that they're reaping the rewards from it as well because a year in you're kind of on a ramp do you know what i mean because people still have to earn the currency um and ultimately then once they do you really need to start engaging with them and having them kind of you know yourself i've always been an advocate for redeem early engage more um yeah but you and, can't but i've also seen rushing that doesn't work either you need to take them on you need to give them time as well because you know the long term savers are also incredibly valuable so it's a bit of a mix isn't it Listen, I, I totally. The long-term savers in in our case are possibly waiting for a down payment. Oh, exactly. You never know. Exactly. But there's an opportunity for them to still engage with us even at the the small level. So, if it's to offset, you know, your rent payment on one one particular month, but on the rest you want to kind of continuously uh, accumulate, you're welcome to do that. But what we're trying to do is make sure that 
we're taking our members on a journey as well because we're continuously trying to evolve the program, trying to introduce new, new elements to it. We're about to announce dining next week that will allow, excuse me, now our members to actually book and earn on dining. And, you know, that will be a category that they can kind of expedite their earnings on. We're going to look at grocery at some point. There's other elements that we're going to continuously look at to kind of, you know, bring more dimension to the program. Uh, we're going to be working with our real estate partners to really make sure that their residents have an extraordinarily easy and elegant experience in paying their rent um, and engaging with their property managers. Um, we're going to have kind of on-site activations at our, our real estate partners um, to allow them to kind of really get to know at a human level yeah. their their renters. And that's a big opportunity for our partners as well to kind of get engaged in, in, in that aspect of it. We're not kind of resting on our laurels. We're continuously looking at ways to continuously evolve the program. And so if you could turn the clock back and heaven knows looking at us both, Dave, we could probably do with turning the clock back. <laughs> what would you tell your Absolutely. what would you tell yourself two years in the past? So if you could go back two years and say, and I'm not necessarily thinking from a built perspective, so thinking of a project manager setting out on a, on a, on a loyalty startup, trying to replicate the successes that you've done, what are the things you'd tell yourself two years ago to really focus on or not? It starts off with just, just have, a, have a great idea. You don't, re you don't necessarily have to look at having it all built out and kind of saying, this is what it's ultimately going to be. Because by doing that, you're actually uh, inhibiting your own creativity along the way, you know, because you start locking in on a specific kind of product. You got to basically have a good concept and then kind of build it in, in pieces to basically say, okay, we're going to start off with a proof of concept and, you know, get something to market that allows us to actually get up and running while also having a future kind of generation element of it. But you've also got to be able to pivot. You've got once the rubber only hits the road when you kind of like put something out there and have people engage with it. So making sure that you're allowing yourself to adjust, pivot, get a little bit more creative as you go and continuously listening and hearing about what's most, you know, what's most important to all stakeholders, whether it be your member or whether it be your partner and understanding what are the things that they're looking to get out of the program along the way, making sure that that's a continuous evolution. So what I would say to anybody starting out is, Make sure that you've got a, a you know a, a solid model that you're confident that this uh, this is enough to kind of like allow us to kind of have a a viable product going forward. Once you have that, then it's about okay now how do I build it out and what are the things that are most interesting to um, all of the stakeholders and how do you then kind of get more embedded and, you know, work with each other to kind of improve and, and so forth. Those are some of the things I think are most important. I've, I've seen people kind of like set an agenda out there too far in the distance and never lose sight of it, but they're losing kind of, 
they're losing sight of the changes that they need to make along the way that may make that that ultimate target obsolete by the time they realize it so it sounds like you're it sounds like you're saying set yourself that north star that vision but then be creative and be prepared to be creative to get there because it's only in yeah. pivoting that way that you're gonna you're gonna actually get. You've got to be able to adjust. I mean, you've you've got to have a program that will stand up to the initial tests. Yeah. But then you've got to basically be able to say, okay, based on the based on the feedback that we're getting from customers, based on the feedback we're getting from partners, do we need to kind of adjust our target a little bit? That ultimately might mean that what you initially kind of set your your sights on needs to completely adjust and get updated. Yeah. So that's what I would say is make sure that you kind of get the basis right, believe in it, work hard at it, and bring your partners and your customers on the journey with you. It's, it's, it's kind of rewarding to kind of continuously go in to, to your own program and continuously test the limits of it and continuously try and break it and continuously get feedback on it and continuously evolve it. Um, that's the only way that you're going to continuously improve it. Thank you very much for your time today, David. It's all, all I can say is to say thank you for taking time to talk us through it. It's a hugely inspirational case study. So thank you, David Canty. Thanks, Ian. It's, uh, you know, I wish we were able to do it over a beer, but I've got my cup of tea here. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be in London and the story might even get better. Yeah, maybe soon, David. Well, for sure. And if you look, if you like the podcast, please like, share, or comment on LinkedIn using the hashtag Lords Podcast. And we look forward to your company again soon. Thank you for listening and goodbye.